Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the On The Rocks podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Patrick Saunders. We've got a loaded show for you here today, talking Rockies road woes, some names to know down on the farm, and previewing the next homestand as the Rangers and A's come to Lodo. So we'll start off the show here, Patrick, and as of the recording of this pod, Thursday morning, they're about to play a doubleheader out in Queens after the game got rained out or weathered out last night, shall I say. Um, And they're struggling still so far on the road. Yes, they did have a win in the series opener against the Mets for the first time all year. They won the road opener in a series, but still uh, they're at 3-18 on the road right now. And and right now they're trending towards infamy in terms of uh, road winning percentage in a single season for MLB all time. I mean, what gives Patrick, and I know they've been asked a lot about this, you've asked Buddy and Trevor and everyone else, what's going on on the road and how do they somehow find some traction? Because they're playing pretty decent at home. Well, Kyle, I I think their pitching is, at least their starting pitching, is good enough for them to be competitive both home and road. Uh, The offense is a different story, clearly. Uh, But you're going to run through a list here in a moment, I'm sure, with the worst road records of all time in the majors. Um, I think the Rockies are going to end up with a really bad road record because the offense just doesn't show signs to me of being able to be that productive on the road. But I don't think the team, when it's all said and done, is going to be historically bad on the road. I'm, I'm curious what your take on that is. Uh, I just think their starting pitching, which has really become a strength for this team, um, will keep them from becoming, you know, road infamous, if you will. Um, and I do think that uh, some of the players are starting to heat up a little bit. And we can talk here in a moment after you go through your your list here about what the Rockies are trying to do to be a better road team on the offensive side, but. Uh, I think uh, listeners would be be curious to find out who are the worst road teams in baseball history, Mr. Newman. Well, thanks for teaming me up there, Mr. Saunders. And yeah, let's go through the list here. Tops of the worst road records all time, 1935 Boston Braves. They were 13 and 65 on the road. That is a 167 winning percentage. Um, worst road record in 162 game season belongs to the 63 Mets and the 2010 Pirates. Both of those teams went 17 and 64. That's a 210 winning percentage. So right now the Rockies three road wins. They got a 143 winning percentage. So worse than all those clubs I just mentioned. But like you said, Patrick, it's I, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to the Rocks because so far everything that could go wrong pretty much has gone wrong on the road and. It, it would take a lot for that to continue throughout the rest of the season, especially like you said with, you know, there's their starting pitching starting to come into form. Kyle Freeland back, Austin Gomber on a little bit of a surge. We'll see if uh, Easy Cheese can have himself a day in the first half of this doubleheader on Thursday. But it's it's going to be they're going to really have to try hard, I think, to get into this category. But fact remains, it's almost June and they're on pace for it, so that's obviously a cause for concern. So what are they doing? to uh, address this. I know they're, they're a little vague in, their, uh, in, in what they're doing, especially Trevor and, and Buddy, but you know, hitting-wise, how do they get it going on the road? 
Yeah, real, real quick point, uh, just, just so fans know. The Rockies' worst road record in their franchise history was pretty bad. It was back in 2014. They were 21 and 60. So uh, that that was a uh, a really really bad season. They finished up with uh, 96 losses overall. But we were talking with Buddy Black on Wednesday before the uh, the game got rained out in Field, New York. And Buddy was taking us through a little bit of their scenario. Uh, they do have a fairly state-of-the-art pitching machine, which, according to Buddy, uh, can really spin both curveball sliders and bring heat. Uh, they set it up on the field in front of the pitching mound, and the Rockies are trying to be insistent to all of their players to take some swings, at least against the machine, on the first game of each uh, trip, each city. The thinking being, of course, to try to combat what I've come to call the Coors Field hangover. Oh, Buddy said I, that's not real. Buddy said that's not uh, real, I know. Patrick. Yeah, well, yeah, but Buddy <laughs> was also ticked off at the time. But um, they obviously realized that uh, the spin rate and the way the ball moves is very different, sea level versus altitude. Now, the Rockies have done this or something similar to this for years and years and years. The difference is now, uh, I think this machine is a little more lifelike, if you will. They can calibrate it, enable them to set it at, at various uh, degrees of, of break, etc. And whereas before, I think it was kind of a voluntary thing. Buddy didn't use the words mandatory, but I'm getting the sense uh, that they're pretty insistent that all of the players, all the offensive players, opposition players rather, take part in this, uh, at least the first game of the road trip, first game in each city, actually. So we'll see if it if it matters or not. Uh, you mentioned everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for them. You know, part of the reason for the lousy road record, of course, is they've gone up against the West Coast teams. Right. Against some major pitchers' parks, against some very good pitching. Uh, that doesn't excuse some of their performances. We were talking, you know, huge strikeout rates and barely even able to get on base. Uh, the other thing the Rockies have to do to combat this, Kyle, and you and I have talked about it so often, and I'm not sure why this is, they get behind in the count. Right, and so guys on the road, where at home, at Coors they tend to be very aggressive. On the road, they tend to be more passive. They get behind in counts, o two, one two, and then they're basically sitting ducks because the good pitchers they face, you know, can throw whatever they want, and next thing you know, they're popping up or striking out or grounding out weakly. So those are the kind of things they're going to have to turn around if they want to break this road skid. On the Rocks podcast, that's Patrick Saunders. This is Kyle Newman. Be sure to head to denverpost.com slash Rockies for continued coverage of the club throughout June and, of course, into July when the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby, Futures Game, Draft, etc., rolls into town i'd be remiss if i didn't mention of course the celebrity softball game i know patrick you're psyched about covering that so denverpost.com slash rockies keep it tuned there we'll move on with the show here looking down to the farm now obviously 
we did our uh, our preseason farm outlook, and it's it's not that good. Rockies, no matter who you talk to, what official source, Baseball America, Fangraphs, MLB Pipeline, they're widely ranked in the bottom third of baseball. Uh, they don't have they only have one prospect in the top 100, and that's Zach Mean. He's still quite a ways away from the majors, probably at least three years. So it, it's not it's not all sunshine and rainbows down on the farm, but we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, shine the highlight or shine the limelight on some of these guys who you should watch at all four levels. And, and a quick reminder, folks, with the condensing of the minor leagues, lots of changes going on there. Uh, last year, obviously, the season was canceled. So from 2019 to 2021, a pretty marked shift in the teams we're looking at. Still AAA Albuquerque, AA Hartford. But uh, Class A Advance is now Spokane instead of Lancaster. Class A now Fresno instead of Asheville. And Boise and Grand Junction, the rookie league and and short season teams, uh, they are no longer affiliated. They are still going on, especially the Grand Junction Rockies, as part of an unaffiliated, well, affiliated with Major League Baseball, right, Patrick? But not affiliated with organizations. Is that correct? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay, so enough of the uh, the overview there. Let's get to some players to watch. First of all, Class A Fresno. Sam Weatherly, left-hander. He was a third-round pick in 2020. Really impressed in, in instructs last fall. Uh, very promising southpaw prospect. Catcher Drew Romo and Colin Simpson. So Romo, second pick in 2020. Widely considered one of the top prep-catching uh, prospects in his class. He's really come on strong so far here in his first minor league season. And then Colin Simpson, he was a 29th round pick in 2019, and he dominated Grant rookie-level Grand Junction that year, earned the Pioneer League MVP. Now he's with Class A Fresno. And Patrick, it's always interesting to me to see some of these late-round guys, you know, especially maybe if they make a surge early in the minors, how fast they can get up that ladder. I mean, 29th round, that's that's pretty late, and uh, to have an impact year like he did, maybe maybe uh, sky's the limit for this guy. 29th round. I mean, Scott Oberg was 15th round. That seemed pretty unlikely, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the Simpsons you're talking about, and truthfully, Kyle, I don't know much more about him than what you just mentioned. But I am very intrigued by Romo. Uh, second round pick. The Rockies need to produce a really good homegrown catcher. Right. And, you know, we've seen Don Nunez do some okay things, and Elias Diaz seems like he's improved uh, remarkably at the plate, or behind the plate, rather. Uh, But the Rockies need a catcher, in my opinion. Somebody who's not just good defensively, uh, but somebody who can hit for a decent average, and for a catcher in this day and age, what would you say a different, decent average is? 240, 250? 250. I was going to say 250 is a pretty good average. Okay. With, with some pop. With right? pop. Maybe, well, you can't be maybe hitting 50, two, Yeah. Yeah, maybe 15 homers a year, maybe 20 at the most. I mean, uh, the re, JT Riomutos of this world are, are few and far between. Uh, but the Rockies, they need to find somebody who can be their long-term catcher. You know, it's not going to be a Real Muto or Buster Posey or somebody like that. But it would be good to see uh, Drew Romo come up in the system because I think it's important for the Rockies' future to be able to pair their pitchers as they come up through the ranks 
with a catcher. I think it matters a lot to how the pitchers perform and how the catcher works into this system. So, you know, if Drew Romo can keep progressing well and we'll see him, what, maybe three years, would you say? Uh, might be a good a good estimation. Who knows? I mean, That'd be a some guys track, stall. But, right. Yeah, and some guys stall. Some guys progress quickly. A lot of times it depends on the position, too. Okay, uh, so- an outfielder sometimes. Sometimes an outfielder, he's good at the plate. It let his natural ability shine through, and they can they can advance rather quickly. Other positions, catcher, uh, pitching, etc., takes a little more time because there's a lot more involved. So back to some of these names to watch in Class A: Fresno mentioned Romo, Colin Simpson. Uh, we talked about the black hole, the catching position. Obviously, it's been a black hole at first base. And uh, Rocky's got a couple up and coming prospects whom they hope can fill that eventually. Grant Levine being one of them, a lefty hitter with pop who plays for Fresno. He had 13 homers across his first two seasons, so keep an eye on him. Moving up to Class A Advanced Spokane, Helchris Oliveres. Obviously, Patrick, you know about him. He's already on the 40 man. He pitched in big league camp this spring. He could be on the fast track to the big leagues despite just being at a Class A Advanced level. Aaron Schunk, he was uh, college baseball's two-way player of the year in 2019. Keep keep an eye on him as a third baseman with Spokane. Michael Toglia, Colorado's top pick in 2019. He had uh, nine homers in his first minor league season. Obviously didn't play last year with the canceled season. Switch hitter, and his power is growing. He had four homers in the first week of the minor league season this year. And then Brenton Doyle out in the outfielder. Patrick, you talked about how outfielders could maybe fast-track more than other positions per se, and this guy has all the tools. He has range. He has power with eight homers and uh, and a 1.088 OPS for Grand Junction 2019. So he was a standout for those uh, for those rookie league Rockies, and he is now up in Class A advanced, so see what he can do. And another one i like you to weigh in on here, Patrick, because we've talked a lot about him over the past several years, Riley Pint. The right-hander is with Spokane this year. Might be now or never for him. Number four overall pick in 2016. Struggle with command, struggle with injuries, and time's kind of running out for him to to prove his worth and and stick around the organization, I think. Yeah, and I think with Riley, you know, I did a piece on him, I think it was last year, Kyle. Um, You know, he came out with huge velocity, a lot of break on his pitching or on his uh, his pitches. Sky seemed to be the limit, but he's not just had, you know, command issues. He's had wildness issues and it raised red flags and he's clearly well behind uh, the schedule the Rockies had hoped for with him. And you say now or never, and I think that's true, giving an indication of uh, kind of how dire things were for Riley Pine. Uh, the Rockies wouldn't even allow me to talk to him. For a story, I ended up talking to his father about where Riley is, and his dad was was very forthcoming. And uh, the idea is essentially that, you know, Pint was, you know, I don't know if it's the yips or not, but it was certainly getting close to that because he was uh, all over the map. Um, so, you know, you mentioned now or never for Riley Pint. Uh, at some point particularly with, with pitchers, they've got to start producing or, you know, that's, that's kind of the end of the line for them. You know, luckily for Riley Pine, and I don't say this in a mean way at all, 
uh, he got his signing bonus. So good for him, right? But uh, he really wants to fulfill his dreams. He's going to have to turn things around probably this year. On the Rocks podcast, that's Patrick Saunders. This is Kyle Newman. So we'll move up to the top two clubs, AAA, Albuquerque, AA, Hartford. We'll start with Hartford. And several guys to watch out for on that roster, starting with right-hander Carl Kaufman, one of the Rockies' uh, most coveted pitching prospects. He's not up at the top of the list, but the Rockies think very highly of him. He started in Spokane, immediately got bumped up after a few starts to the yard goats. So Zach Wilson, the, the farm director for the Rockies, acknowledged, hey, we're pushing him, you know, we're challenging him, and we want we want him to encounter some adversity in double A and see what he's made of. So Rocky's getting him, giving him a little litmus test there. Yon Abar, he's one of three yard goats on the 40 man roster acquired via trade with the Red Sox last December. And the lefty showing some promise there with the yard goats working with pitching coach, Frank Gonzalez, of course, the dad of Marco Gonzalez, Seattle ace and former Rocky mountain star catcher, Max George, uh, Regis Jesuit product recently switched to catcher last year. He's still uh, still acclimating there. Zach Wilson said he's doing well, and he st- has a slow start with the bat so far. But if he comes around, he will he will be having a chance to move up the system if he starts hitting. So besides those guys, up to AAA now, and you are obviously familiar with a number of these guys, Patrick Ryan Rolson. Seems like maybe later this summer we might be on Ryan Rolson watch. He had a 3.07 ERA and three starts for Hartford this year. Got bumped up to AAA. He got roughed up in his Isotopes debut with five runs in one-plus innings. But Rockies are pretty high on him. And, hey, you never know with the injuries the rotation has had the past couple years, especially down the stretch of the season. It would not surprise me if Rolson does fairly well in AAA that he gets maybe a late-season promotion, especially if the Rockies are are way, way out of contention. No, I I think think that's definitely true for Rolison. And I think – People should be aware that when you're pitching Pacific Coast League, particularly AAA Albuquerque and some of the other locales, yep. if a guy at AAA gets uh, promoted to the Rockies and yet he has a 4-5 or a 5 ERA, don't read too much into that because Albuquerque is really, really a tough place to pitch. Uh, it's actually a little bit higher than Denver. Uh, the the air is actually drier than Denver. Uh, it's a tough place to pitch. And so uh, don't be dissuaded or discouraged if you see some of these young pitchers uh, hit a bump in the road when they get to AAA Albuquerque for a couple of reasons. One, uh, they're, they're pitching at that environment, as I mentioned. And two, you know, it's, it's a weird league because AAA, sometimes you've got up-and-comers. You've also got veterans who are trying to get back into the big leagues or have fallen through the cracks, et cetera. And at AAA, it's just a different animal. You get a lot of aggressive swingers at AAA, uh, plus you got a lot of talented young kids. So it's it's kind of a tough measuring stick Uh when you're talking about traditional uh, things such as ERA, et cetera. But I know the Rockies are very high on Ryan Rollison. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. But I agree. I think there's a very good chance, Kyle, that he'll make his big league debut later this season. 
few more names of note here in AAA before we move on to the last segment to preview a homestand coming up here. Right-hander Chad Smith. So this guy might uh, fly under some Rocks fans' radars. He was acquired in the trade last August. That sent right-hander Jesus Tinoco to Miami. Of course, Tinoco now back with the Rockies after they claimed him off waivers. But Zach Wilson says Smith has a turbo sinker that's 96-98. Got a pretty good slider. And he he's really a ground ball pitcher. So it seems like if the Rockies see more command out of him and, and better control of his secondary pitches, then he might have a call up here in, in his near future as well. And then two other guys of note in the field, Ryan Valade. Of course, he switched from the infield to the outfield. He's a career 342 hitter in the minors. And really all he needs is reps. I mean, he skipped double uh, A and just started playing triple A. So I would imagine... Just like with Rawlison, maybe not, maybe not this year, but maybe a September call-up. But definitely next year, he's on the fast track to make the big leagues. And then Colton Welker, of course, he's serving an 80-game suspension for testing positive for a performance-enhancing substance. And you know, Zach Wilson said, "Hey, this was a surprise to everybody. Colton's disappointed. We're disappointed, but they still feel good about where he's at. And you know, he's still with the Triple A club. He's going to continue to work out and soon." He'll be headed to extended spring training to start getting that bats there as that is allowed under his suspension. He will, of course, join rejoin the isotopes later in the season after fulfilling that ban. So more on these guys, more on other guys to watch across all levels. Head to DenverPost.com slash Rockies. we got tons of minor league coverage up there right now. Now moving on to the last segment of the show here. So Rockies, as I mentioned, Patrick, play pretty well at home. They're playing above 500. they They're coming off a... Series sweep of the Diamondbacks in their last home series. Can they keep the momentum going? They got a pretty winnable three-game series against the Rangers and a pretty tough three-game series against the A's, one of the best teams in baseball. What do you forecast for this? Well, you're exactly right. I I think it'll be interesting to see, first of all, how we finish up the road trip. And we start our first part of this show on that. Uh, the doubleheader against the Mets, and then three in Pittsburgh, another really bad team. Uh, but then they come home, and I imagine they'll probably make hay. Um, I could see them, I don't know if they'll sweep uh, the Rangers, but it's certainly possible. Uh, and the A's have been all over the board this year. Uh, you know, they had uh, a terrible start, then what, they won 13 straight games at one right. point. Um but the homestand, you know, the weather's going to start heating up here. Uh, I think some of those crazy games we started to see at Coors uh, when the Padres and the Reds were in town in the middle of May, uh, and then even with the Diamondbacks a little bit, as the weather heats up, we're going to start seeing Coors Field be Coors Field, uh, which means more high-scoring games, um, which I don't know if that plays to the Rockies' advantage right now or not, considering the state of their bullpen. You know, we really, at Buddy Black, is still trying to find the right matchups. Uh, he's insisting right now that uh, uh, Carlos Estevez, you know, is not going to supplant Daniel Bard uh, as the closer, at least not now. But Estevez right now is the most consistent reliever they have. So, so much on that next homestand, uh, if the Rockies are going to win, it's going to depend on uh, their bullpen because their starting pitchers have been terrific. It's the bullpen that's been the uh, the big downfall, if you will, for the Rockies at home. And one more note on that homestand: 
Rockies fans might be uh, anxious to see David Dahl. Well, it looks like that's probably not going to happen. He was placed on the 10-day IL on Wednesday with a left ribbed cage contusion. He's having kind of a, a struggle fest season so far, hitting just 208 with four homers. And uh, so probably not going to make his return to Coors Field. It looked like looks like he'll still be on the injured list when that series rolls around. Hey, Kyle, Kyle in regard to David Dahl real quick, um, there were fears that it might have been a, a cracked rib. Have you heard anything more on that? I have not. Uh, I was just actually reading about it right now and just kind of being like, oh, oh no. But it, it was after a crash into the right field wall. So, you know, once again, Dahl playing hard going out there, but landing himself on the injured list. Hopefully it's not too serious as, you know, just a personal fan of his because it, 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 it always was tough to see the uh, the China Dahl criticisms of Dahl, you know, when he would get hurt. And, and that was – Let's be honest, That's that was probably one of the rationales for the Rockies for not bringing him back, right? Well, he's, he gets injured a lot. And I think Jeff Breidich even said that played into he the did. factor. Yeah, yeah and, and let's face it, Dahl does get injured a lot. Right. Sometimes it's totally freak, but sometimes maybe not. So, you know, I was one of those people who, when the Rockies essentially quit on David Dahl, um, I thought it was the wrong move. But truthfully, Dahl's been not that good for the Rangers. He's had his moments. Right. Uh, but he's had slumps too, and now he's injured again. So, you know, maybe the Rockies were right on the David Dahl uh, idea that, you know what, let's move him on and see what else we have for the young guys. Uh, give Jonathan Daza a chance, see what Garrett Hampson can do. Uh, as you mentioned, Valade is doing very well, one of their young players. So, you know, maybe... No, not maybe. I probably was wrong about David Dahl. It doesn't seem like he was the wrong move in retrospect. On the Rocks podcast, that's Patrick Saunders. This is Kyle Newman. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. Again, head to DenverPost.com slash Rockies for continued coverage of the team by Patrick and the array of Denver Post staff. Until next time, folks, take, take it, it easy. easy.